This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Here we go. It's hour number two of the GBAC Nation on 105.3 The Fan. There has been some breaking NBA news over the last hour and 15 minutes. We'll talk about that and more with our next guest here from ESPN, which will be broadcasting Lakers and Mavs tonight in Los Angeles. It's George Sedano here on 105.3 The Fan. And a good afternoon, sir. How the heck are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, we're doing great. We're just, uh, you know, discussing the, the Siakam trade here to the uh, to the Pacers. Is, how big of a, a, a trade is this? Is it a missed opportunity for the Mavericks? Listen, he's a great player. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, he's probably what a lot of teams could use. You know, a lot of teams could use a guy who's 6'9 or so, uh, can shoot the ball at a decent clip, and certainly can get to the basket and is an elite defender. So I would say the Mavericks and a number of teams probably missed out. But listen, I think the Mavericks – while anyone could use a Pascal Siakam, I'd like to see what this group looks like first when they can get Maxi Kleba a good sample of games. Because I think that he's kind of the most underrated player that you guys have, particularly when it comes to defense. And I like the combination of him and Lively on the floor together. So I'd like to see what that looks like for a minute before they make a move and, and I say, you know, make these sweeping uh, generalizations as to whether they missed out or not. Uh, if I had to guess, I think all they need is a couple of tweaks, to be frank with you. I'd love to see Dorian Finney-Smith back with the Mavericks, to be honest. And what's this uh, trade market shaping up to look like here as this one maybe touches off some others over the next uh, three, four weeks? I think there's going to be a lot of moves. Um, now, I don't know how many seismic moves we'll have. I don't know if Siakam will be the top of the food chain when it comes to that. There's always some surprises here and there, but... The reality is with the NBA, it's rare now over the last couple of years that you get these kind of Siakam type moves early. Usually you'll get some smaller ones and, and maybe you'll get something closer to the deadline because really the play-in has kept so many more teams in the fray, basically. So with that said, I think we'll have some movement, but it'll probably be closer to that February deadline. I'm really excited, though, about what is possible over the next three or four years. I, I might have overdone it in the opening segment, George, but I said I, I believe the Mavs are going to win a championship in the next five years just because of how good Kyrie's playing right now with Luka. I, you know, when he came to Dallas, I know that it didn't look good at the beginning, and I kind of looked like an idiot because I was on television saying that I really loved the pairing. And the reason I loved the pairing was, at least offensively, Luka is the closest thing we have to LeBron in regards to the style that he plays. Now, granted, Luka's not as athletic as LeBron was or maybe even is still at this point. But I'm talking about just how you can't speed him up, how he's just like a bull out there, and he can do everything on the basketball floor. Like, he's a virtuoso out there. So because Kyrie had some familiarity playing with LeBron, I thought that he would have a lot of success with Luka, and we've seen that. And I think the Mavs did a much better job this past offseason. I thought Nico did a good job of putting better pieces around them, more 3 and D type players. Adding Lively has been a fantastic move for them. I love that young man personally. I got to meet him at Summer League. I don't know if you guys have actually gotten a chance to chit-chat with him, but what a young man. I mean, he is – forget about what he is on the floor because he's going to be great there, Uh, but just an incredible young man. 
So I love the moves that they made. I just still think, like a lot of teams, they're going to need to tinker a little more because the West, man, it's going to be a heavyweight fight down the stretch to see who comes out of there. I'd like to dive more into that Derek Lively discussion with you because we did. We got to have him on the show after he got drafted for a 19-year-old. My goodness, he was very, very impressive. But when you look at the best rookies in the NBA, everybody stops and talks about Wemby. Derek Lively has been a revelation for the Mavericks. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. I, I think that you know he gives Luca that vertical spacer that he that you need. I also think that the pairing with him and Kleba unlocks him a little more defensively because God, at 19 years old, he's only going to be so good in regards to the natural instincts you need to have to play defense at that level in that league with all the greatest players in the world. But I think that he's got the skill set. I don't think there's any question. I think it's just a matter of repetition and. And, and really just getting through the motions and having those opportunities to be coached and learning from his mistakes. But having a guy like Maxi out there, and, and again, I, I think that Maxi, because he's, as I mentioned earlier, kind of that underrated defender, and the Mavs, I'm trying to remember, it was the year they went to the Western Conference Finals and they lost to the Warriors. I was doing that series on ESPN Radio, and the stats we had, I don't remember them off the top of my head, but basically when Maxi was on the floor, their defense was off the charts. Like, it was insane. So I feel like the combination of those two will be helpful. And, you know, if you want to play smaller and Derek gets off the floor, I would love, like, an addition, as I mentioned earlier, of bringing back, like, DFS or someone like that that could play, like, a small ball four. And then you have Maxi at the center. It just gives Jason Kidd a lot more options. But I do love Lively, as you mentioned. You guys got a chance to chat with him. He's, you know, an incredible young man. I think the sky's the limit for him as far as being an impact player in this league. You mentioned Finney Smith. I, I see uh, different different names getting thrown out that the Mavs might be interested in, including Andrew Wiggins, P.J. Washington. W- would you go Dodo, uh, Dorian Finney Smith, being uh, the top of the list of those three guys? because of familiarity right and I think he knows and understands his role PJ Washington's a good player I just gosh I you know he's been playing in in for the most part a losing situation for a long time and I wonder about guys like that not because I don't think that they're necessarily capable of uh, being thrusted into a winning situation over time and finding their footing I just think it's tough when you're going from a losing situation for multiple years to being thrusted into a team that has championship aspirations and having to play a role. We saw that with Christian Wood with you guys, right? That, that thing was a mess, it, it yeah. felt like. Now, I think is a better player than Christian Wood, so I'm not trying to compare them as players. But that's the kind of point that I'm trying to make. Um, and with Andrew, I mean, they owe, they're going to owe him a lot of money, and you're going to be paying him like a third star. Uh, he was capable of doing that for the Warriors the year they won the championship. I just feel like with Andrew, the more I talk to people around the league, there's always been this sense of he's incredibly talented, but does he put in the work in regards to just year round to doing what he needs to do to maintaining the level he needs to maintain? He was able to kind of shake off some of that when he won the championship with the Warriors and was arguably their second best player behind Curry. But there's been some slippage. And here's the other thing. I think he's either 28 or 29 right now. And this is the thing that guys around the league have told me. He's got a lot of mileage on him. And at certain points in your career, 
you have to know what it takes to be able to keep your body right year round. You can't just like roll into training camp and get yourself ready to roll because you're just this naturally gifted athlete. So I think he may be getting to that stage and I don't, think that he understands that or grasps it fully, at least based on the conversations that I've had with people. So that scares me a little bit considering the money that uh, he's owed. Whereas a guy like DFS with the familiarity, the contract number, I I just think it's a little more palatable. We're chatting with ESPN NBA reporter George Sedano here as the Mavs visit the Lakers tonight on ESPN and speaking of those Lakers and and Christian Wood is LeBron just not good enough to drive in like an average roster to the playoffs anymore or or what is the state of the Lakers yeah I mean he's 39 years old you know what I mean like if you if you told me these guys were the guys he had to roll into the playoffs with would I take my chances with them when the rotations shorten and guys play heavier minutes I still feel like he could elevate a team i mean heck they were dreadful last year and he got them to the western conference finals along with anthony davis but the strange part to everyone this year was they felt like hey all right they're going to have some continuity from year to year because this group that they have now for the most part outside of a few guys like wood or whatnot and torian prince etc were the guys that went to the western conference finals after they made those trades and they played really well after making those trades but There's a little bit of a difference, I think, when you look at that schedule down the stretch. It was a favorable schedule for them in the regular season, and then they got really good matchups for them in the playoffs. And we all know that the adage of styles make fights, and when they got the Warriors and they got Memphis, those were two really beneficial matchups for them. One, because the Grizzlies had nobody to guard LeBron, And with the Warriors, they had nobody to guard Anthony Davis. Then they got up against, you know, Jokic and those guys, and they got mauled, basically. Uh, So I think that maybe some of that was a little bit of a flash in the pan. And they're also dealing with a lot of injuries. There's some issues in regards to rotations. I mean, they haven't had any stability in regards to guys being in and out of the lineup or their places in the rotation or the lineup. And it's 40-some-odd games in. So I think that's really been their biggest issue, and I think that's probably a point of frustration for everybody in that particular locker room. George, are are you more surprised by Minnesota or Oklahoma City, the success they've had in the West so far? Oh, no question it's Minnesota. I knew Oklahoma City was coming. Like, I had them last year, so I called. um, I did play-by-play on ESPN Radio for their play-in game last year against New Orleans, and that was the first time I got to see them up close. Mm -hmm. Clearly, I'd been watching them. They're this league pass darling everybody was watching last year because you could see the evolution of Shea Gilgis Alexander and all these guys that they drafted and now you add Holmgren into the mix I was like oh they're they're definitely going to take that next step I I felt fairly confident they'd be a top four or five team in the Western Conference and look they have growing pains we've seen them in LA stumble twice against more veteran teams I don't think they're necessarily going to come out of the West by any stretch of the imagination I just think that they're ready to take that next step and be a team that, with the right matchup, could win a first-round series, and and who knows beyond that. But Minnesota, there was no way in the world you were going to convince me that that Rudy Gobert thing was going to work with Carl Anthony Towns. I watched that thing last year, and I was like, no chance. So I had them earlier in the year. Interestingly enough, uh, it was against San Antonio, so I got to see Wemby up close for the first time. And that was back in early December. And I got a chance to talk to Chris Finch, their head coach, and I said – 
you know, Rudy's playing great. Like, how is it that you guys have kind of made this thing work? And he really said it was more about the defensive end with him because if you know how he was used in Utah, he was a guy that basically they funneled everything defensively to him in the middle, and that's why, you know, he blocked all these shots and he's this incredible presence in the middle of the paint. And the thing that people were most critical about when it came to him was, well, in the playoffs, you can just call him up on a switch. If he has to guard in the perimeter, he doesn't know what to do. And he's in trouble and he gets played off the floor. All things were true, by the way. But what they did was last year, they, they tried to run the Utah scheme and they just didn't have the personnel to do that. And this year, going into training camp, Chris Finch said to him, hey man, I know you've been criticized for this stuff about having to switch and guard on the perimeter, but we're going to play a more traditional defense because with your length and athleticism, you should be able to play that. We just have to drill it enough to where it's instinctual to you. And they did. And look, man, to his credit, he's making it work. So I think that's really been the big difference. And then the obvious ascension of the torch being passed to Anthony Edwards, that this is his team. Now, Carl Anthony Towns is a secondary player on this team. Anthony Edwards is the best player on this squad. And it's, there's no questions to that. George, did the Phoenix Suns ruin the live animal halftime show for the rest of the league after the dog urinated on the hardwood last night? Hey, man, dog's going to go dog. That's what I say. Okay, that's your fault for having that out there. You, you knew that was going to be a, a, a part of the deal. Listen, it's yeah. like when you have those baby races. If one of those diapers falls off, who the hell knows what's going to come out of there? So you have a puppy, you Ooh. have babies out there, crazy things can happen. Ooh. George, I think you're, we, uh, we lost good contact with your phone right there at the end, but we're due for a break, sir, so thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to your continuing coverage of the NBA. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me. George, Sorry about the phone. No, you're good. George Sedano, ESPN. Uh, nice enough to join us. I like that Dorian Finney-Smith thing you threw out. I wanted to circle back around there and ask about it until, until he got hit with uh, the yeah. MP, it sounded like. Electromagnetic pulse. Look, right I mean, if you can't get Siakam, <laughs> I think that, yeah, absolutely. Dorian Finney-Smith and a welcome return there. I mean, we saw, I think it was a week ago, they wanted two first-round picks. They're not going to get no. that. That's a pipe dream. No. Uh, so hopefully nobody else overpays, which I don't think they will. But I'd love to get DFS back. Everybody loved him within the Mavericks locker room. Yeah, yeah, he was, and, you know, he was a part of a winning formula. I thought at the time they had too many players that lacked a full skill set, and Dorian Finney-Smith was just one of a group of guys that couldn't like dribble and pass well enough. But boy, now that you have Luca and Kyrie together and some other skilled players, a skilled big man and lively, I can put that 3 and D guy in the corner and be very happy with it. Yes, and he's got a much more palatable contract than, say, an Andrew Wiggins. Yes, yes, sir. Okay, uh, NFL News of the Day coming up next. Well, Chuck, where are you taking us? We got the uh, Kelsey bro talking about his retirement, King Henry and snow football. That's next. Yeah, buddy. Welcome back. Segments brought to you by the Frankels. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel, the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks and DFW. If you or a loved one's been in an accident, contact Frankel and Frankel for a free consultation, 214 or 817-333-3333. Go online to truckwreck.com. Here's Woolchuck with your NFL news of the day. All right, the uh, latest we have here, of course, it's going to be Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. Mahomes' first ever road playoff game. And it does appear we will have more snow in the forecast there in Buffalo. I don't know if it'll be quite as bad, and hopefully there's no postponement of the game. But for game time right now, uh, they are bracing for heavy snow. And there is a warning there in Buffalo 
So one to two, three, three, one to three feet of accumulations is expected through wow. Thursday. Get the crews back out. Yeah, uh, but I, I, I'm for get this. the mafia. What's the temp? You know, the temp. I don't have a temperature as of right now, but I wind think, chill. It's going to be bad. So humidity. I'm, I'm excited for this right now. I'm, I'm thinking we're going to get a beautiful snow game like the NFL wants, and it's going to be the next Brady Manning. It's Mahomes and Allen out there just slinging it around. I want to go UV index. Can we? Can we want, make it happen? I want to go. It sounded like George Sedano was broadcasting in a snowstorm there at the end. <laughs> he was he was kind of short-circuiting a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. Or maybe the phone was short-circuiting from all the talking. That could have been. Quickly here. <laughs> Quickly. Uh, George, around you. the room. Love George. All right, not, wait, not, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop. Guest that talks too much. Guest that doesn't talk enough. Oh, definitely the two much. Power rank it there, Dawson, that you just threw out there. Do I have a backsider for the segment? No, 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 no. If I do, I'll go ahead and take the the short-winded guy, and I'll see you, you know, for the final five minutes of the segment, Dawson I'll just, have something planned. Dawson just threw it out there that he does not Depends like on what you got the in the back long, pocket, man. He doesn't like the long-winded guy. Sandler's too long-winded. <laughs> Zach Martin, not long enough. Back okay. to you, Wolchuk. Perfect. Got a lot to wow. get to this segment, I heard. Great answer. A lot to get to. We got some so much football. So balls. much news. <laughs> a lot of footballs here. Uh, Colts Jim Irsay, did you guys see the news on him? Top 10 French toast. Holy you ever crap. wanted to eat? He was found unresponsive at home in December. <laughs> We're thinking it might have been an overdose. Attempt. Hot what? Ten biscuits and yeah. gravy. Ursay? I've never Ursay. had in my life. We have a Ursay OD news. This only comes around once every he two years, He was playing Brian. in a band. He probably just blacked out. We should get Ursay's top 10 opioids. <laughs> I would love that, actually. That'd Man, be a fun you're segment. so irresponsible right now. Guy went to SMU. How are we being respect? irresponsible? I mean, this is Pony the report up. out here. This is this is a proven statement. Pony up. The report yeah. is he was uh, found. Pony belly up. He was found lying in bed and was cold to the touch. And emergency personnel reached him on December eighth, and mm. they essentially. You know? So they did a wellness check on his ass, and he was OD'd. You know I think he, it was more than just his ass. I think it was his entire body they were worried about. <laughs> yeah, everything. That's bad. Fingers and toes, all in, all in one, man. I woke up like situation. that this morning. Well, I'll pr- you, uh, just blue, yeah. cold. That blue dolphin got you again? Blue dolphin got me. <laughs> I just hope that nobody else loses their life on the account of that behavior. No, Jim Mercy needs something to get together. Yeah. The NFL needs to look into this Jim Mercy Pull stuff. it together, yeah. Jim. Maybe you should get your team taken away from you. Whoa. Jason Kelsey. He's in the upper quartile of the upper quartile of owners that most deserve to lose their team. Yeah. There, I said it. He absolutely is. I mean, first it was Dam Snyder. Who's now maybe Jim Mercy. Who's number one? I think I think D-Tep. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Panthers can't get it right with that, their I mean, owners, and man. And he threw a drink on a fan. He threw the drink. Well, come on. Don't have you some, waste a cocktail like that? Have some damn class. And yes, you know how much that would have been for that fan? Twenty bucks, probably. Oh, by the way, you were right about that fine for that coach, fifty grand. Oh, he definitely got fined. Yeah, fifty grand for. Oh, the, for Mike Brown. Mike Brown. The unprecedented yeah, PowerPoint yeah, presentation. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. I loved in the post game yeah. as to you why the referees it. sucked so bad. You said it, fifty grand. That was what it was. I would love it if we'd open up a new era of film session with coach post game. That would be killer. It would be fun. <laughs> Just need a bigger screen. It would be. Yeah. And not only call it the rest, but also call it the players. Yeah. You know, like this oh. guy sucked so bad on this play. About this guy. Hey, Just what were you thinking? You guys all want to fire me after this game and I understand but let's cut this player too I didn't call cover two what the hell is your problem what were you doing uh the Kelsey bros their podcast came out on time this week there wasn't any trolling from Travis to Jason that made Jason walk off but of course everyone wants to talk about the retirement and Jason Kelsey gives us a little insight on that decision if indeed it is official just yet you know Nick kind of gave me an opportunity to talk I didn't announce what I was doing on purpose despite I guess what's been leaked to the media I just don't think you're in a position after a game like that to really 
make that decision. I just don't. There's too much emotion in the moment to really fully grasp that decision. I'm not trying to be dramatic and continue to draw this thing out. I'm really not. It's just something that I think, uh, you know, when it's time to officially announce, you know, what's happening in the future, it'll be done in a, in, in a way that's, you know, definitive and pays respect to a lot of people and uh, individuals that have meant a lot to me and has led to the career I've had. You know, I don't think that it would be uh, respectful or even accurate uh, to be able to do that right after a game like that. Yeah. But I did address the team and pretty much said the same thing that I just said to you, which is, you know, I got belief in every single one of you guys, you know, cherish the moment you have in this league. A lot of guys like, you know, if that is your last game, I feel sorry for you. And I'm like, you don't feel sorry for me, mother. <laughs> Emotionally crying again? He's getting Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, brother's not helping very much there. I'm going to take over. He's got, he's, got, he's got to go see a therapist, dude. He walked off the podcast last week. Yeah. He walks off the field retiring. 48 hours later, he's like, maybe I'm not retiring and is reduced to tears. He's retiring. Get a hold of yourself. He's, he's the Hamlet Center. He's the there not to be. Get a hold of yourself. He's retiring. I'm retiring. No, I'm not retiring. He's like, I don't, he's, I don't know if he's retiring. I think he is. Should we show bet this? I think he's retiring. I think he's done. Show bet it, boys. Oh, gosh. Uh, Seems like we got a Wooly Bully versus Dawson situation. I yeah. say retirement. I'm, uh, I already got a show bet on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got the Bangkok burger. But, I, I mean, I, I, I think there's about more questions for Dawson. Put it two to one, because uh, if I lose, I'm doing two. I need to get two from you, because I think the odds right now are probably Jason Kelsey retiring. 15%. Okay, right, so I'll, I'm playing a hunch. I'm not really calling my shot. I'll give you two to one. I think it should be like six or seven to I'll one. I'll give you two to one. I'm not going six hell? or seven What to the one. hell? It's a season of bet payoffs, and you guys called me out on it. Sure. Tis the season. Yeah. When Jason Kelsey lines yeah. up for the Eagles, though, and you're standing there in a depend for the second time in a calendar year. <laughs> At Radio Road. I'm going to say go F yourself, Gavin. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. You're in on this, Brian. What? Yep. Oh. You're You're on my team. He's retiring. Okay. No, you don't think he's retiring either, do you? Hey, I'm the one that called the Lions. I'm Teflon, man. He's Teflon. That's true. See, now he can't go back on his word right now. So now you're not going to hear anything from Kelsey for two he's months. He's going to wait, yeah. And he's going to be like, I just I couldn't walk away from my guys. It'll be the Super Bowl. He'll announce and it. And by the way, I was in a really weird spot back he, in, at the end of the year. I don't know how I was acting so erratically. That's weed. That's weed. Okay. <laughs> Derek Henry, by the way, also was on Bustin' with the Boys. Retirement there for Derrick Henry. He's kind of hinting that he's not going to be playing with the Tennessee Titans, but he took the mic. He ain't. He ain't retiring. And what is Derrick Henry looking for? Like I said, I want to win the Super Bowl. I ain't done playing. I ain't even close to done playing. I still feel I can run for another 2,000, but um, that's for the future to tell. But, oh, yeah, man. Great. So what is, what is next for Derrick Henry? Shit. How do you feel like you're approaching this free agency outside of like financial security? Is it like I want to be part of a, a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I mean, I want to be somewhere that I mean, wh whatever happens, that gives me the best shot of winning the Super Bowl. You know, the, the business side is the business side. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it has to make sense. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just not going, you know, just accept anything at the same time because you know it's a long season. We put our bodies through a lot, but at the same time. Um, I definitely want to be on a roster that, you know, can go out there and put ourselves in position and be able to win games and get in the playoffs and contend for a ring. Well, that eliminates us.
You think so? Yeah. They can get in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he's he wants he, he wants, wants to go further Bowl. than that. Yeah, he might think he's the missing piece. He wants to be in a parade. Now, Derrick Henry did go on to say that there were two teams that he possibly could have been traded to that might have been in the playoffs last year. Did you think you were going to? Because you were obviously in a lot of speculation. I'll say I don't know how how many conversations were taking place. Well, I felt like it was uh, it was close. It was close. For I real? Felt like it was, yeah. You know something? It was close. It was close, boys. It was it was close. To who? Um, come on, tell us. Tell it, it was in the playoffs. Fine. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, I know. Uh, two for sure. It was. I mean, I I, I don't know the the other one. I I don't know if that would have happened, but one of them. Were, I felt like it was. It was. It was pretty close. Okay. What makes you a lot a lot a lot a lot went down with between you know that little saga with the, with the trade and all that stuff. I know one of them. Because we played the audio from Marlon Humphrey back during the trade deadline, Baltimore. and he said somebody told him Derrick Henry was going to be going to Baltimore. Baltimore, yeah. That trade fell apart. Now, who the other team is, I don't know. But I do think that there could be a possibility, because we do know that the team likes to, to make splashes here. Kansas City? Maybe Kansas City. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Solaire is trying to become a nurse now. He's in nursing school. He knows his NFL career is probably not going to happen any much, much longer here. Would you let him draw blood from you? A Clyde Solaire? Yeah. He's trained? Yeah. He's an LSU guy. Of course I'd let him draw blood. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm on the other side of that spectrum. Probably Are you? Actually, yeah. now that you mentioned he's an LSU guy, we should probably think twice about this. That becomes a hard no. Yeah, he you might think, be. Uh, you think he's shaky hand guy? Yeah, could be. Could be. Ugh. He does have a fumbling issue. Oh, I'm scared about the needle thing. Yeah, too. the ball protection could be an issue there. But uh, a hard pass on Henry. Can't play anymore from the 940. And I don't think he is anywhere near the type of running back that he was before. But I wonder if you have a tandem situation here where the Cowboys address running back in free agency because the draft class is not really outstanding. There's a lot of guys that went back and declared, hey, Donovan Edwards being one, he's going back to Michigan. A couple other players went back to school that we were looking at. Can you find a running back in the draft? Sure, you can. But this isn't a draft like last year's. Maybe they go ahead and say, all right, Skip Pete, Tony Pollard, you're right. He's not a number one running back. He needs to be in a tandem. And you pair this with Thunder and Lightning. Maybe Tony Pollard gets his speed back a year removed from the injury, and it's Derrick Henry and TP. Mm. It'll, it'll end up being overpaid for. You know, I mean, Derrick Henry's not playing on a small contract. Veteran minimum yeah. contract, yeah. He's like, going to pay for whatever the league tells him he's, he's worth. And I think the running backs found out last year, that ain't much. Yeah, it's not much. It's not much like big picture, but still for the position, I would imagine Derrick Henry ends up getting. He it, gets more than eight mil a year. No, but I wouldn't come close to that. I I I wouldn't be willing to come close to that. I I'd be talking about like a million bucks, a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think one of those two, um, and a young guy, you know, kind of for what Chief's talking about. I don't know if you could do it for a mil, but maybe two or three. I can't do two of them. Yeah, um, and I would prefer Henry. I I really think Pollard fell off in a massive way. Like, oh, he did. Yeah, he definitely did. Uh, now, I mean, he started to get better as the season went on, but and and certainly maybe they could sell. Hey, I wouldn't say that. he's more removed. I I think he did, but he's more removed from the injury there. Production might have been better, but you don't think he ran any better. He, he he still looked like the same timid ginger guy. Yeah. Okay. I thought he ran a little harder. 
backwards to the back. They don't the block worth a damn. And they it's, got and three it's pro, weird, right? and they got three Pro Bowl dudes. And I think you have it starts two guards. It makes no sense. And a left tackle that's a second team All Pro, and they couldn't block. It starts with your center. Your right tackle wasn't great, and your tight ends don't block very well. So you need a 21 year old dude who like went to college young and is already in the NFL and has all of the speed and juice and power and wiggle. And by the time he's 24, he probably won't be good enough to run behind a line like this. Probably But you need a running game. Are you telling me there's nobody in college? No, there's not nobody. But it's certainly not, uh, like, are you going to have a guy that can come in and be your number one running back? Maybe Trey Benson from Florida State. The next best guy is probably Jonathan Brooks out of Texas. And that dude just tore his ACL in November. So this isn't a class where I think that you're going to draft a guy and he's immediately day one. You're looking at, okay, that's my answer at running back like you had last year. You sir, I'm sure there's going to be running backs from this draft that end up having successful careers. There always are. See, I, I need a home run dude back there. I think I'd, if I'm looking at veteran running back, I'm wondering what's happening with Saquon Barkley. Hmm. Okay. That's another name to put out there. And he's probably not going back to the Giants. And maybe you end up getting two people from the Giants, Wink Martindale and Saquon Barkley. Maybe they're both Dallas Cowboys next year. I mean, but Chief's probably going to tell me he's falling off already, too, and is not breaking any tackles or making anybody miss. I don't yeah. know the specifics on it, but I know that for either one of these guys, Barkley or Derrick Henry, you will be overpaying. You will be setting yourself up to be, if you win the Super Bowl, you'll be the first team in over a decade to do it with a running back that cost you that much. And so maybe the Cowboys are that team that can break that sort of barrier. I find it extremely hard to believe. Ron Rivera wants to coach, and he's open for a defensive coordinator role. I wow, I thought wrong. he was done. No, nope, the report is today that uh, he still wants to coach in 2024, and he is open to going back to just a defensive coordinator. Hmm. I don't know if it was good enough at the end to be a defensive coordinator. I don't either. I mean, his guys weren't – I mean, it seemed pretty basic what they were trying to do. Would he be in the list of candidates to replace Dan Quinn if they do, in fact, move on? I – don't think so. I don't think so either. You don't, don't think, think Jerry so. and them would be interested in that? That seems no. like it'd be exactly up their alley. I think yeah. they'd go Zimmer before they went. Zimmer, I mean, yeah. I mean, Zimmer, I mentioned Martindale. You mm. know, there's there's probably some other names there. That guy in Atlanta that we were talking about, Nielsen. Yeah. You know, maybe. I mean, I, I, I'd look at those guys before I'd probably look at Ron Rivera. Falcons are trying to land their big whale. Uh, Harbaugh and Belichick have now both interviewed. I don't know that Harbaugh got the yacht treatment, though, that Belichick did. That's not confirmed. I think I'd feel kind of offended. I mean, I'm I would a national too. champion. You don't think I'm as good? I like yachts, too. Uh, pick your guy from that. If you're the Falcons, if you're a Falcons fan, pick your guy. Harbar or Belichick? Yeah. I'd have to ask a Falcon fan. Well, be a Falcon fan. Oh, God, don't do that to him. Come on. Well, just, He's already had enough a, with the front runners. Don't dirty, make him be a Falcon. I a dirty I bird for a question. Just for a question? Yes. Between the two of them? Well, oh, no. I'm going to take Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> he was just stalling. He needed a second, dude. He doesn't know how to identify with the Falcon. No, He's a you, front runner. What you say then is, oh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, and thinking about it, I no, have I'd, to I'd, say. I would take Harbaugh. I, I think Harbaugh has already built a program. He did it in San Francisco. Uh, Bill's going to have to start w- from scratch there. I'll take Harbaugh over Belichick if I'm, if I'm Atlanta. I'm going Belichick, I believe, still. I don't know why. Yeah, I guess I end up going okay. Belichick, too. Taking Harbaugh. Appreciate you, Brian. It's a great question. I'm I'm full of great questions. Speaking of questions, what would you like to do next, Eric? We have our front runners question of the day, the position group that most needs an overhaul at 877-881-1053. That's next here in the nation. Thank you, Lucius. It is the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. We have Baldy coming up at 4 o'clock, our Odyssey NFL insider. It's time now for the front runners question of the day with the Chief. Yes, sir. Let's first play some sound uh, courtesy of NFL Films. It's the pre 
game, AT&T Stadium, home of the Packers, and Aaron Jones is in the middle of the, the team doing the pregame speech. This is seconds before they take the field to slaughter you for four quarters. Listen to what Aaron Jones refers to the front runners as. And this is We're going to take it over. We already set our standard. We're going to put the front runners in the mouth early. We're going to set our tone. And it's going to be four quarters. We're going to lock them in the cage and give them their G-Way ball. Okay, did you guys hear that? Yeah. He oh, actually called, called, he called, he called them the front runners. Mm-hmm. He did. Uh, so it's pretty perfect. And that will lead us to where we go from here, which is uh, I saw Calvin Watkins tweet uh, yesterday and he covers the front runners for the Dallas Morning News. He says, if there is one position group that will change drastically in 2024, it's the front runners running backs. That's his tweet from yesterday. So is it, do you do you buy into that? What is the position group that most needs an overhaul at 877-881-1053? You know, I, I think you could look at linebacker, you could look at running back, um, but I'm, I'm going to go back to the well and say offensive line. I think you have to make sure that a variety of players could have success in a run game. And uh, the Cowboys have allowed themselves to get, uh, you know, old or unathletic at too many spots. See, and the problem is, is like, I don't know, you're not moving on from Zach Martin. You're not moving on from, obviously, Tyler Smith. You're not moving on, I don't see them moving on from Tyron Smith. So you're, and you can't move on from Terrence Steele because you just gave him the contract off the injury. So, I mean, the only one, because I agree with you. I'm like, how does this running game not work? I know your running back wasn't quite the same version of himself, but I think the only one that's realistically move onable or changeable is the center. Yeah, it's Biotis. That's it. Biotis is a free agent. And maybe Zach Martin and Tyron Smith are tired. Yeah, but otherwise, so that's the three different linemen. Potentially. I think it's important enough that I'm kind of passing on Tyron Smith and moving Tyler to left tackle and looking to find a veteran left guard or center and drafting uh, a guard or center Bass to supercharges. Bass could maybe step in there and play left guard. I for think you. Bass can be a starter in the NFL, and I'm but it might not it might not help what you're looking at for your running game. I think they're bad at I think they're excuse me I think they're poor at center. I think they're poor at blocking tight end, and I know. I'm the schoonmaker guy, and I'm hopeful that that thing changes. They drafted him to be a blocker and, and help in the running game, and they didn't. They didn't get what they needed out of the tight ends this year as run blockers. They developed one, though, as a, as a pass catcher, one of the best in the league when you look at Ferguson. But as, as a run blocking group, they are not where they need to be. I think uh, you know it's so important to run because – even good pass protection doesn't help you when they go to these cover heavy offense uh, defenses like the cover four, you yeah. know, like the clog and cover tactics. Yep. We're covering all day. It doesn't matter. Dak, Dak's not going to find it, you know. And that's, I think quarterback is about how you overcome your weaknesses, right? And every quarterback has a massive weakness. The Cowboys have done a poor job of evaluating what Dax is and how to help him with it. Oh, goodness, here it is. What happened? Happened again in the divisional round of the playoffs. Somebody's wishing injury out here on a San yep. Francisco 49. No, you shouldn't do that. This Who did is, it? Detroit? Uh, apparently, some disgusting Milwaukee Green Bay Packer radio hosts are oh, hinting no. that the Packers should purposely hit 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy late during their playoff game. Oh, is this Mark Chimera and his Even group? taking penalties to potentially injure Brock Purdy. Is oh. this our guy Heller who was on with us last week? It's not Heller. Heller wasn't. He's too classy for that. Who is it? We know? I don't know is who these guys Mark, are. Mark Chimura? Is he still doing radio? All you know, Walchuk, is that they're does, disgusting does radio hosts. Who? Does he go by Chemi? No. 
Chimura? Mark Chimura. It might be. He's a former tight end with yeah, us. Know Ch- yeah, you know Chim Dog. But is, is, is his nickname Chimmy? Hmm. I don't know. I never heard that one. Never well, heard called Chimmy. That is or definitely, Chewy. it's Heartbreak Chewy. Chewy. Chewy is one, yeah. All that's, right, so Jen, Chew Doggy. Jen, yeah. Gabe, and Chewy. This is the show that that's is Mark really Chimura. under fire right now. Oh, here we go. Can I you believe they would cross the line like that, I though? Am so like, it's Chimura, all fun yes. and games, and like I love to joke around and Chimura, stuff like that, but Chimura, it's, yes. it's ridiculous, guys. I'm standing up for this. I'm it hot. just ticks me off. Well, I hate the Niners just, just as much as the next guy. Yeah. You know? Shout out to Corey wow. Majors. Corey Majors is a Tolo and sent me that information. Maybe we can play the audio later. All this talk of hitting people in football so hard they get hurt is just nauseating. You know, I'm a traditional football guy. I'm embarrassed that someone would even attempt that. I just want you guys to know, though, I think you're off the hook now. I think somebody else is public enemy number one. Thank hey, you. you know what? They need it for Don't part of the playoff run. I mean, let's be honest. Well, if this is anything like it was last year. <laughs> they, they go on a great run. When when they get mad, they really go on a great run. run. They smack the hell out of the Packers yeah. and then lose in the NFC Championship yeah. game, I guess. Yeah. They need it. My gosh. Okay. Nobody learned. Nobody learned. But, yeah, running back's probably going to be very different next year unless they bring back Tony Pollard. Maybe they look at this running back room and. Okay, well, here's the deal. Okay, here's what you guys. Uh, here's what we need from you. Okay, I'm looking at you, Broadus. I'm looking at you, Wolchuk. Yeah, yeah. You guys are. You guys are studying this draft up and down. Yeah. You and you're going to come to me right now on the front end and tell me, "Sorry, we're not going to be able to find any running backs." Bull bleep. No, no, go no, freaking no, no. find no, one. No, we will go find Absolutely one. Will. Don't, don't, don't I, throw I around eight million dollars for right? a broken down high mileage running back that's going to suck again. Okay, Tony don't Park do that. Worth that. And I don't want to hear about how oh it's not the same running back draft class as it was last year. It's not. I, you didn't want to take any of those guys. Fi- find me a Kyron Williams in the fifth round. Find me somebody. I, I will do my best. I'm looking at running. Thank backs you. Tonight. I like. Trey I pre- Benson. You're looking me in the eyes and saying that. Well, Chuck, will you say that? I already gave you a Trey Benson. If you open your damn ears and listen. The last time thing I. Heard you say was this is a bad running back class and you want to go pay Derrick Henry and that makes me sick. And Tony Pollard, you're going to have to overdraft these guys. And I'm not telling you what I want to do. I'm telling you what the Cowboys might end up doing. I'll take one in a second. Just just fix this bleep, Rich. I'm trying. (laughs) We had the anniversary of that, didn't we? But if you're okay with the second round guy, I mean Trey Benz from Florida State's pretty damn good. He's probably the best guy. Yeah, I think I'll go. uh, The problem is we had Travion Henderson from Ohio State go back. Donovan Edwards went back to school. Like we need these guys to come the hell out. Unless you want to take five eight Blake Corum, but you're going to bitch about that. Money might be better in college. Blake Corum though, especially for a running back. A lot of carries on that body. Oh, exactly. Yeah, too much mileage. Too much mileage. You know, we got mileage issues. I don't like that. But one. maybe you know there there might be some guys later that I'll take a peek at. I, I'm going to start on some running backs tonight. There, I'll try and find up. us my Tajay Spears of this year. Yes, go go get me a running back in the fourth round. Okay, go right. go get me go get me uh, preferably uh, above five ten. Okay. Or five six. Right. Right. Aisha had one from USC. The USC kid. There know. we go. Thank you, Aisha. Just give me one of these guys. Uh, and then the other thing that we need to throw out there, and we just have to be open and honest about things. And sometimes, you know, it can be uncomfortable. But maybe, maybe we have ourselves a rowdy problem. What happened? Oh, the mascot rowdy. Cowboy stats and graphics. Jerry Jones teams in a non-rowdy environment. Eleven and two playoff record. Three Super Bowl titles. Oh, gosh. Jerry Jones teams in a rowdy, influenced environment. Five and thirteen playoff record. <laughs> bagel for the Super Bowl titles. Just the messenger here, but that's that's pretty that's pretty damning. Okay, five and thirteen with rowdy. Well, yeah, and a bagel in the title category. We haven't we haven't hung a banner since Rowdy showed up to I, the I party. It's gotten so bad. We're trying to find out like, oh, what's your record with Rowdy as your mascot in the playoffs? Well, this we thought bad. it was the Jimmy Johnson curse that we'd exercised at the Ring of Honor. 
That obviously didn't clear the way. No. And my apologies. I, I misread that. That's from at Frontrunner Stats and Graphics. No, well, no you're not, not good, Chief. Yeah. yeah. Not I, Cowboys. I don't accept your apology. <laughs> well, that was mostly to the listening audience. All righty. Uh, Frontrunners. Yeah, this is good. What's our logo? We have a front runner. With like no, you got to keep the logo. Got to keep the same star with the front runner. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Maybe we can continue to workshop it, but I do like the idea of some front runners T-shirts. Oh, you know, first place in the division. Yeah, front runners. Had some T-shirts, baby. Guy. I got guys. <laughs> you got guys. I'm getting this like I'm getting this the strange lady T-shirt. Hell yeah, I'm ready for okay. that. Okay, yeah. and then we can start workshopping yeah, the front runners T-shirts. Draft show vests earlier. I'm, I'm gonna get pretty those hot. Too. Yeah, I'm gonna get those too. Baldy's coming up next. We'll talk with our Odyssey NFL insider about who has it worse, the Cowboys or the Eagles, and who's more likely to make a run to the title next. That's uh, coming up with Baldy and the G-Bag Nation.